Thanks for tuning in to Betting the NFL on the Let's Get Ready Network, the place for coverage of all the things you love. On this feed, we debate and discuss the NFL, the NHL, English Premier League, Pro Tennis Tours, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGR underscore network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show, everyone. What's up, everybody? I'm Caleb Ochoa, also known as NFL Caleb 22, and this is Ben NFL week number two of the NFL season. And as always, I'm with my co-host, Derek Wesley, also known as D. Weezy. What's going on, man? Man, ready to bounce into week two. I know my man here had a winning week. I was two and three. He was three and two, you know, riding right on that edge of success and losing. Was able to find a few angles to turn it into a profitable week, but looking for more as we get into week two. Absolutely, I had a good week. If you like, I said if you went with my my picks, you made some money. Um, so uh, that's what we're trying to do here. We try to win you guys money, and I, I hey, if you listen to me, you accomplish that um, in week one. Um, but before we get to our week. Uh, uh, before we get to our picks of the week. And um, first, we're going to recap what happened in week one before we do that. But before anything, we'd like to get, help you guys out. If you guys can help us out by subscribing to the channel. And uh, also, if you really want to help us out, um, you can join our Patreon. And that uh, the description is in the link um, down below. Uh, in the description down below so please uh do uh help us out do that if you like like this uh like this video um well yeah uh, first i'll say what's up to brandon say what's up to my dad and we'll say what's up to brody what's going on thanks for tuning in guys happy to have you guys here because i'm about to win you guys some money um like i said before we do that We'll uh, kick it off with a recap of what happened in week one, um, because uh, we go off of, off of more information. That's how it makes it make us spend. What's up, Jose? Uh, more information and um, seeing what happened in the previous weeks help us helps us out make our bets for the upcoming week. And what happened in week one was that the road teams dominated ten and six straight up, twelve and four against against the spread. Underdogs dominated 11 and 5 against the spread, and the under dominated um, with 12 and 4. Um, so, not a lot of points scored in week one. Uh, not, wasn't a lot of great football, but uh, what do you think of those, those numbers and with uh, the trends? Do you see that continuing? Um, it's hard to say as we move into week two and week three, but it it is definitely worth noting and earmarking for at least the next year or two, I think. You know, it, it's something you're going to hear more about. And it, when they made the changes to the amount of preseason games, it was something talked about initially. And I think it's something we see more of where week one and week two is potentially some of these teams' preseason games. And I think that showed in a lot of ways for some of these teams in week one. But also it shows that the books don't always know the know the number. And part of what they're going through through the first couple of weeks is figuring out which of these teams are real, which are phonies. And so that can definitely give you a couple of angles. And I think that's represented by the under in week one, the way that came in. If you're talking about bad football, you're talking about teams underperforming. And that means teams that likely have a stronger offense or maybe even a stronger defense, but not playing up to the caliber that was expected and possibly even the caliber that we'll see from these teams later in the season. But as far as, you know, week one, I, I definitely think that there's something to say about the lack of preseason games and how teams handled the preseason now 
going into week one and week two versus things we've seen in the past where, you know, up back when they had four games, yeah, they, there was a lot more uh, variations in how coaches approached, you know, that beginning of the season. And so until something changes, I think, you know, you know, underdogs, especially because some of these spreads, you know, last week I said that I felt Miami was, you know, the favorite in that game. They won outright and they were three point uh, dogs on the road, which could have just been that home, you know, that home field advantage. But at the same time, you know, if you feel like you got the wrong team with or, you know, the right team with the wrong number, you jump on that. And so if the book is going to, you know, have potential mistakes, I think you got to take advantage of it. Yeah, um, I still think it, it'll take a little while to get going. Um, I, I still think the under is going to favor a little bit for uh, even going into this week. Um, and, and the underdogs, uh, we'll see. Um, there might be some overreaction to Vegas. So I'm not sure of that. I think it might even out this week on the underdogs, um, as well as the road teams versus home teams. I think it probably be more of an even split and not, not be so heavily uh, dominated by either side um, going this week just for because uh, the what biggest likes to do they like to overreact they like to adjust the, the line so it, it meets more in the middle and that I, I would think it, it would go more that way this week but uh, we'll, we'll have to see um I will say what's up to the rogue pop what's going on hendo thanks for uh tuning in man um and uh, we'll go over the uh, biggest upset of the week was the line, the first game of the season, which was the Lions and the Chiefs. Um, that was a six and a half point favorites for the Chiefs. Uh, they lose by points um, to the Lions. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, going to you had the you had the Chiefs. Um, I like the Chiefs going in. I didn't bet. I kind of stay away from it because um, I was I was kind of worried. I was kind of worried that this might happen. Uh, and without Travis Kelsey and without Chris Jones in there, um, they, 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 they uh, Chiefs can't couldn't get done, especially with a lot of the drop balls and um, that happened with their offense. Um, you know, didn't uh, didn't go their way. But what do you think about um, the, the the biggest upset of the week? I mean, I think it you know it leans towards what we we're mentioning. You know, this being the preseason for some teams. By no means do I think anybody out there is sweating that Kansas City doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs after losing week one. Now, could Travis Kelsey have possibly gone uh, gone and played in a situation where maybe this game truly meant something as far as a make-or-break game uh, towards making the playoffs or, you know, seeding in the playoffs? Possibly. But to say that, you know, it's literally week one, game one, we're not going to rush you back. It, 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 was, it more or less came down to a question would the wide receivers in Kansas City step up for portions of the game? That seemed to be the case. And then we saw some big-time drops that definitely hampered this uh, offense. And without Kelsey being out there, it definitely showed some of the cracks that exist in the Kansas City um, offense and team. But I don't think it's the type of cracks that make you want to run to the window betting other teams to win the division. All right. Um, we'll say what's going on to Adelia. Um, well, next we'll get to the bad beat of the week. And this one really killed me because this was one of my bets. Um, it was the Eagles Patriots game. Um, Patriots were uh, plus four. They, uh, and then they lose by five. Um, just one point difference there. Um, you know, they, they got a late turnover. They were driving in, on, on late in the game. Uh, they, they had it. Uh, and he threw that ball uh, to the sideline and just didn't go in on that fourth down, kind of ended their in the game right now. That, that was the game right there. Um, and, but if they had continued, if he had gotten his feet down, I think they could have scored there because uh, Mac Jones was getting it in the second half. Like he was bad the first half, but he was getting, he was getting uh, going there. So I think they would have scored on that drive if he got his feet in. Um it didn't happen for them, but that that's why it was such a bad beat. Um, it looked like it was going to happen. It didn't happen. 
and they uh, and they missed the cover just by a point, and which made me obviously go three and two instead of four and one. Um, but that killed me. But did you have any thoughts on this game? Um, I wasn't able to watch this game, but I did hear uh, definitely about the end and the comeback the Patriots were able to put together. And this could be another instance where we saw a team play unlike themselves um, due to maybe some lack of cohesion, you know, lack of preseason time, because uh, I don't think too many people were fading the Eagles coming into the season and you know, this is another situation where even if the Eagles lost this game, I don't think you'd be running to the window to fade the Eagles, you know, from here on out. So, yes, it might have been an ugly win, but that's also what good teams do. They rack up those ugly wins and, you know, sometimes the ball bounces their way, you know, and that's all it takes for to be on the winning side of some of these games. You know, one or two lucky bounces and you see yourselves as the victor instead of the loser. Yeah, um, that, that one killed me. Uh, but even though um, that that one hurt a little bit, I was still able, like you said, I stayed able to go three and two at a winning week. Um, and my best pick, it was obvious. And I told everybody I was most confident in my Dallas Cowboys kicking the Giants' ass. I mean, it was just a for sure bet. I was handing you money, literally putting money in your hand by giving you this pick. That's how confident I was uh, about the did, – did I know 40 to zero? No, couldn't say I knew 40 to zero. But I didn't say they were going to kick their ass because what we do, the Cowboys beat the Giants. That's just going to happen. You can put your money on it for future picks. It's just going to happen because they can't beat us. Um, I mean, that, that that's like 11-0 um, against them since 2016. I mean, Cowboys will – beat the Giants. That's just what's going to happen. And we just massacred them on Sunday night. And it was glorious. It was awesome to see as a Cowboys fan, obviously. But what do you think about Cowboys and Giants on that Sunday night massacre? Man, I, it, it was definitely, it was, it was, it was over quick. You know, as Yogi Bear say, it got dark early out, y'all. Um, Cause you know, that the block field goal seemed to be just the tip of the iceberg. As the weather set in, clearly it was going to be difficult to try and move the ball through the air. The offensive line for the Giants was not able to stand up at all, basically. I mean, it it seemed like Derrick Jones is back there with somebody in his face after the second step, you know. And anybody that knows, you're, you're literally talking about a second or two after the ball being snapped, and you're on that second step. So, the fact that the fact that Daniel Jones survived this game, um, kudos to him because, I mean, you want to talk about a rough game, and you want you want to try and find positives in it. Um, I mean, not to be funny, it didn't look like the Giants quit. But just things weren't going their way. They weren't able to execute or, you know, get those lucky bounces. Um, but, you know, I will say you did see that fight in them throughout the entire game, which is admirable, especially when you're talking about being, you know, shut, not only shut out, which is pretty remarkable in the NFL at any point in time. Um, but to be down that many, it is it, it was definitely rough. And so, you know, I, I think that's one positive for the Giants. Uh, you know, definitely the Cowboys, they were able to avoid the things that have held them back in the past. And one of those being, you know, turnovers, which wasn't an issue in the game. They were able to force turnovers. And anybody that's followed football knows if you can win the turnover battle, you have a very strong likelihood of winning the game just because of what it can do at flipping field position, changing the momentum of the game. So the fact that the Cowboys were able to go out and dominate that only further played into their hand. And at the end of the day, I mean, the results are what they are, 40 to zero. Yeah. yeah. And my worst. Yeah. Are you? Oh, I was just going to, you know, drop in a, my, my best bet from this past week. You know, I yeah, told people last go week ahead. the wrong team was favored in the Miami Dolphins taking on the Chargers. 
Now, yes, this oh, was absolutely. a shootout. I expected I, right it. You, I, I wanted it. Yeah. But plus right three on you. this Dolphins team, no reason that Dolphins team. Now, if you'd have said minus three on the Dolphins, I think you'd have had a great number. You'd have had a lot of people mad that they didn't cover. Um, but yeah, I told people that the money line was alive. I told people to take the points. Me personally, I had a teaser pushing up that. the points. So yeah, see, and taking the over. Um, the over damn near cleared by halftime. I mean, just I don't know what the books were looking at. I don't know if they were betting on Tua not to make it through a full game. I don't know, but that had to be probably the most sweat-free play I've had in a very hot minute. Yeah, um, I was on there with the Dolphins with you. It's one of my on my picks. My most confident picks, um, and it turned out great. So yeah, we both both scored on that one. Uh, but on the other side, I talk about our worst picks, and my worst pick was just horrendous, horrendous. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, pick in this game, uh, just terrible. I picked Steelers, uh, my uh, uh, plus one and a half, plus two and a half, I think. Um, yeah, that was that was really stupid. That was stupid. I don't know why I did that. Uh, I, you know, I just thought, you know, Brock Purdy coming off injury, he, he wasn't going to come in and, and look that as good as he did. Um, I thought that had a little momentum. Uh, the Steelers did coming off the last season. Um, they were they were looking good towards the end of the season. I thought they would carry that into this season and, and look, uh, you know, better than they did. Um, that didn't turn out. They didn't turn out that way. I mean, they just, again, I know they just got slaughtered and it looked awful. And I, I mean, just for the moment, I was like, God damn it. I just threw away my parlay because I knew it wasn't going to turn around um, for how bad the Steelers looked. It was it was bad. I, I could have gone with this game as my best pick, you know, but I didn't. I, I, you know, I told people I, was, I felt better about the Dolphins game. But, yes, this was one for me that cleared by a lot. Um, but we're talking worst picks, and unfortunately, it had to be you know my, my Panthers. They that spread did not say that this was going to be a double digit loss, and of course, you know the spread does not always represent what will happen, but it's usually some level of estimate to what might happen. And the Panthers defense just could not stop the run game all all day long. I mean. Desmond Ritter did not have to go out there and beat the Panthers because any and everybody who was running the ball for the Falcons was doing that for him. And so, you know, if if you're facing off against the Falcons and you can't stop the run game, you won't stop the Falcons. And that's clearly what happened um, throughout that game. There was a late penalty that eh, it could be if you could look at it a few different ways. I think it was more pat offensive pass interference and defensive pass interference. Um, regardless, they ended up putting the touchdown. But if I'm not mistaken, the Panthers never even closed the gap any uh, further than what it was. So that touchdown was in irrelevant. And, yeah, I, mean, I, I wanted to, you know, believe some of the hype around my Panthers, especially the way they finished last season with all the turmoil that was going on in Carolina. You know, yes, losing a player like DJ Moore is going to is going to affect your offense. That's you know, it, granted he didn't show up in Chicago, which could have been another bad beat. But you know, Pete, I think people had higher hopes for this Carolina team than they did that Chicago team, and so I definitely have to look at this game as the worst of the two because. For a team that's potentially supposed to be fighting for a division win, that that was not the team that we saw Sunday. That if that team goes out there and plays like that consistently throughout the year, they will not be fighting for a division title, even if you only need eight or nine wins to make that happen. Yeah, I mean, this is why I stayed away from this game. Um, it's not one of my picks, even though I was on your side with the Panthers. Um, I was just worried about, you know, Bryce Young going a rookie quarterback going into his first game. Um, that very worries me a lot. It just, it just, even with the good rookie quarterbacks, they usually go on winning. Um, even if they have good games, they usually don't win the, uh, the fir their first game. Um, and, and just the, the odds were against them. So I just stayed away from it completely. 
Um, not that I had total confidence in the Falcons doing anything, but it, it just it turns out the way it does um, in those type of games, and that's why. I just, yep. uh, was, and, a, and a nice uh, little I parlay I was able to cash off of, you know, what you mentioned, rookie quarterbacks having a bad start. Um, if you took all three of the top rookie quarterbacks coming in, Stroud, Young, and Richardson, and faded them in a three-leg parlay, he was looking at plus 175. Guess what? All three teams lost. Now, unfortunately, you can't do that this coming week because we got the Colts and the Houston Texans facing off against each other. But it is potentially something to look at in the coming weeks because of those three teams, before the season started, you might have said the Panthers were the better of the trio. And after week one, I think it's fair to say that all these, all three of these teams might be about the same level. All right. Um, that will wrap up week one. Um, hopefully you, you bounce back um, going to week two, and hopefully I continue uh, success and get another winning week under my belt. But we will get to what you all tuned in for, and that is our week two bets. And you know what? I'm going to start off this week. You started off last week. I'm going to start off this week, and I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers minus two and a half against the Chicago Bears. You know, I, I did I didn't like the Bears going into the season, and after week one, I, I was right not to be in the, on the on the Bears. Um, you know, because you know uh, they did they looked uh, pretty bad um, against against Packers. You know, and I don't like them here as well against the Buccaneers. Even, you know, it's Baker Mayfield and the Bucs. Not that I'm too much confidence in them. But I think that the Bucs do uh, pretty well against the run. Uh, um, Bears are very uh, heavy run team. Um, so I think that would affect their ability um, to, to get a lot of offensive points there. Um, the Bears defense did not look good at all, even against a uh, 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 love there. In the Packers offense, um, even with missing a receiver, they were still getting killed. Um, I think that that will happen this week. I think they're going to get killed by Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, um, better receivers than the Packers have. Um, so I think they'll, they'll get, you know, they get torched again. Um, you know, so two and a half definitely, definitely is a small enough m- number. Or I, even with you know Baker's struggles, um, I think he can can um, win by a field goal. Uh, and cover that two, low two and a half spread, uh, especially uh, when the Bears got beat by 18 last week. Uh, Bears one and eight against the spread in the last nine games, 0 and 10 uh, straight up in the last 10 games, and two and 10 against the spread against an NFC team. So all, all that said, yeah, I like the Bucks here, um, and I'm just gonna fade the Bears a lot this season. But what do you think? After what we saw in week one, it's definitely hard to try and make an argument for the Bears now. You know, as you mentioned, you do have to take on the risk that comes with Baker Mayfield anytime that you want to back the Buccaneers. Um, but with a number with as low as two and a half, um, you know, talking about winning by a field goal, short of this game having a funky score, something like what we saw uh, in that Philly-New England game in week one, you're basically talking about this team winning outright. There's not too many scenarios where you're going to get a funky score where a field goal isn't going to cover this and, you know, still win outright. So even if some, even if things find their way to OT or whether it ends in regulation, I, I, you can expect almost a three point victory or more if you're talking about that side winning. And so, I, I, I can support fading the Bears. You know, I, I wouldn't – in some instances, I wouldn't tend to look at stats that maybe wrap around to the previous year. But when the team is playing in a manner that uh, obviously reflects those trends and some of the things that we saw, it's definitely hard to fade that information. Uh, and it's definitely something to keep an eye on moving forward because – if we see the Bears go out and play like they did in week one, this could easily become a team that you want to fade week to week. And so a trend like what you mentioned is definitely worth keeping an eye on as we move out through these early weeks. Now, for my first play of the week, 
Hold on, hold I, on one second. Uh, we'll answer this question. He says, what does uh, the term fading mean? It just means picking against them. Um, and, and it's, yeah. In plainest terms. You know, yeah, you're basically. Picking, you're, you're, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, basically you, you lack faith in this team and you're essentially saying that they're going to play poorly. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Regardless of the sport, event, it, I mean, you, you can – you can use the term in different ways, but more or less, you're expecting this team or player to underperform in some fashion. Yeah, when, when you use the term fade, like a lot of times we say you can fade us or you can go with us. When we say we're gonna you fade us, you just pick you go the opposite of what we're picking. And exactly, you, you're, and, fa and, you're fading away from what we're saying. You go in the opposite direction. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying about here. I'm gonna fade the Bears a lot. I'm gonna pick against them. Um, throughout the season most of the time. Now, to move into my first pick for this coming week, I'm going right back to the well. I told people, get the Dolphins, and I'm going back to the Dolphins, minus two points as they take on New England, who I do think put up a better performance than some expected. But, you know, at the same time, I think people will, it's fair to say that the Eagles went out there and underperformed, especially in that second half. And that is something that we did not see out of the Miami Dolphins. Now, I do know a lot of people may want to possibly fade this because of the connection to Belichick and his history against the Dolphins, which I will say I don't know it off the top of my head, but I would not be surprised if this is a matchup that he's dominated traditionally in the past. However, we are not talking about a traditional matchup between the Dolphins and the Patriots. The Patriots roster resembles something we might have seen more on the Dolphins' uh, side of the field in the past. And the Dolphins are walking around with the better talent, better players, especially at key positions. So to be able to get this high-powered offense at minus two, we saw what they did in week one. Tariq Hill is already a tenth of the way to a 2,000-yard receiving season. And the man said he was mm -hmm. going to get there, and he came out week one and put up two dimes on him. So – you might want to watch out. Yeah, you might want to watch out. And so to be able to get this high-powered offense, Tua looked good. The receivers looked good. Waddle had a decent day, even as Tariq Hill was going off with his major performance. Um, I just don't see any reason not to take minus two potential win by a field goal and cover, though I do expect this team to potentially go out and put up double uh, a possible double-digit victory. Um, yeah, I'm right there with you. This, this is one of my bets as well. It's, it's going to be my second bet. Um, I have the Dolphins minus two and a half. Um, I think they're going to blow them out, um, to be honest. Um, even uh, before Mac Jones, even with Tom Brady, the, the Dolphins always gave the Patriots trouble. Um, and then now, definitely with Mac Jones, they're going to give me more trouble, especially um, with the Dolphins' offense that they have. Um, they look great. I mean, two look great. Tyreek look great. Um they can score a lot of points and uh, and very quickly, uh, and the Patriots just don't have the firepower to keep up with that type of offense. Uh, even um, even with, even if their defense contains them a little bit, um, I just I just don't see how the Patriots can keep up. I think um, the the Dolphins, uh, you know, they have some problems uh, with the the coverage, uh, especially when they were going against uh, Herbert last week. But like I said, the, the the Patriots just don't have the weapons to, to exploit it like that. Um, and you know, Miami five and one last six games against uh, um, spread uh, five and zero against spread against New England, and seven and, and seven and one against the spread against an AFC opponent. New England zero and five against the spread in the last five games, so pretty bad. Um, there, I, I don't like those trends there, so I'm all on the Dolphins. Uh, but what's your third? Uh, I will go with the, I guess, yeah, I guess we we'll go with second. your next pick. Second, pick. yeah, my yeah. second. Oh, okay, yeah, my second pick, you know, going back to that. Well, gotta go with the 49ers. Now, I have seen this spread move a little bit. I wanted to double check where I had them at. Yes, I got this at minus seven, I see it already at minus eight. It's a possibility that we could see this even move up a point or two more by the time we roll around to um, 
game time. I believe they play Sunday. Um, but either way, we still have a few days before we get to that game. And so there's a possibility that this number moves even higher. Um, I, I got to ride with the 49ers going into this game because, like I said last week, they don't need Brock Purdy to go out and win the games for them. And clearly we saw this team has figured out a way to utilize Christian McCaffrey as well as the other weapons on their team. And honestly, that's the most dangerous thing you could hope for when it comes to this roster. I mean, given what we saw, yes, the Steelers may have not been the, a, a matchup to adequately measure um, the 49ers offense, but I definitely think this is going to be a, a an offensive terror as long as long as people stay healthy and I mean more so outside of the quarterback position because this is one of the few teams that could possibly lose their quarterback, find anybody to fill the spot as long as he can hand the ball off and throw it five ten yards. That might be all you need your quarterback to do. And so we saw this team basically dominate in week one, a seven-point spread, you know, on the on the cusp of where I might like it. Yes, the Rams played a lot better than what many people expected out of them, but I do think we see the Rams revert more back to what the expectations are for them. So, you know, riding with the 49ers, minus seven on the spread. Um, well, I got I got eight points on uh, what I'm looking at here, which makes me um, stay away from this game. I think that's a, that's a lot of points. And the reason why I'm staying away is just because, I mean, I, I do I definitely think that 49ers is capable of it. Of course I do. Um, I just uh, what I saw, it, what I saw from the Rams last week, it just made me question. I just I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm getting from this Rams because it extremely surprised me of, of how well they played. Um, so I just don't know what I'm getting from this team. I don't know how much, uh, I mean, I expect them to be bad. I expect them to get their ass kicked, but I don't know. It, it just really threw me for a loop. It really made me question of maybe this can't, this Rams team can't compete. And that's why I'm questioning right now. I'd like to see another week for them if they can put up a fight against the Niners. And I, I just, I'm just too much qu- questioning what I'm getting out of that team to, to make a bet on them. Um, you know, for or against them right now. So it just makes me stay away from that one. But I'll move on to my uh, third uh, bet of the week, and that is um, Las, the Las Vegas Raiders plus nine and a half at the Buffalo Bills. You know, um, the Bills had a rough loss um, with to an Aaron Rodgers-less um, Jets team uh, with Josh Allen to look, look, uh, pretty bad through like three interceptions. Um, pretty much lost, even admits that he lost the game for them. Um, you know, I, I don't think he will look as horrible as he did in week one, but I can't say like he's going to just come back uh, and, and look great um, after that performance. Um, you know, Raiders did get the win last week against the Broncos. Um, and, you know, that's just what Jimmy G does. Like he doesn't look good doing it, but he, he gets wins. Like I said, I, I don't know. Know how he wins, but he gets wins, and um, I'm not saying he, he's going to get the win here, but I think I think he can. Uh, I think the Raiders can hang around um, the Bills. Nine and a half is a lot uh, to uh, to cover for the Bills, especially the way they looked uh, on Monday night. Um, so I think the 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 Raiders can hang with them. Uh, you saw Brees Hall just run all over that Bills defense. I think Josh Jacobs can do the same. Um, and if he can, uh, that'll keep uh, that that'll keep him in the game um, as much as possible. Um, so I, I like the I like getting the points, um, the big points uh, with the, with the Raiders uh, with this one. You know, Vegas uh, six and three against the spread last nine games, ten and four against uh, against the spread against the Bills, and Buffalo just two and five against the spread in the last seven games, one and five. Um, in the last six games against uh, spread against an AFC opponent. Um, so trends definitely favor the Raiders in this one. So I'm going to uh, take the, uh, them in the points. Yeah, this game is almost a principal play for a lot of people because you have such a high spread. You know, you, you start getting into that double-digit point spread, and this was something you and me talked about last year on a number of occasions. Um, 
it's almost, you know, automatic fade, just take the points because in the NFL, there's so much parity that you could have a blowout up until the very end and a garbage time TD get you in, get you under that double digit mark. And that's all you're looking for in this game. Me personally, I was even looking at this game uh, for a six point teaser, bumping up the points on the Raiders side. You know, you're talking about 15 and a half points on a spread. Now, you start breaking that down a couple different ways. This could be another game primed for an underperformance. And so potentially looking at teasing that spread up to, I know that sounds insane, but plus 15 and a half and bringing that spread. I, I currently see a number of 47 being able to bring that down to, or no, well, take it, because you're teasing it, taking it up to 47 and being able to take the under. Uh, or no, excuse me, that was the wrong game. You'd still you'd be pushing that up to it's at 47, so you'd be pushing it up to uh, 53, taking the under. I mean, I do expect the Bills to win this one outright, but the the Raiders are another team where they don't need their quarterback to win the game for them. If Josh Jacobs can go out there and do the things that we've seen out of him before, if Jimmy G can go out there and get the ball to Devontae Adams when need be, work that you know dink and dunk. I definitely think it's possible for them to keep it close and keep it within that spread. Yeah. All right. right. Next pick. Now, now moving into my next pick, I'm going back to Thursday night football. Now I've tried to ward off Thursday night football in the past. It got me with week one. I'm pretty sure I even set it on here. Watch the chiefs (laughs) lose outright just cause I bet it. And sure enough, what happened? What happened? Just you know, all, all I needed was a three-leg parlay. That's it. All I needed was three. No. But we're going back to Thursday night football. Philadelphia Eagles Dangerous minus game. six. Yes, it is. But, you know, that's what we sign up for. Now, in the same yeah, part of the reason why I'm jumping on this game is because I'm not a big believer of the Vikings. And I think that showed in week one where we saw the Vikings go out and lose to a team that many thought might be one of the worst teams in the league, Tampa Bay Bucks. And did the Bucks go out there and look great? Not necessarily, but they looked better than the Vikings because they got the W. Now, are the Bucks on the same level as the Philadelphia Eagles? Hell no. Do I think the Eagles have the better team in this matchup? Of course. I think we'll see more of a – a gas pe- keep a foot on the gas pedal mentality, even if they get up early in this uh, matchup because of what we saw in week one. You know, I don't think we see as many people um, relax or get comfortable in a, an early lead. And so, yes, minus six on the spread. You know, you, it's just within that touchdown. You kind of like try and keep things within that touchdown, just how close NFL scores can be sometimes. You go, if you're going to put Kirk Cousins on the other side in this Vikings team, that I, I think they continue in that trend from last year where they frauds. And so taking the Eagles minus six, baby. Yeah, um, gotta gotta go with you on that one. Not betting it because I don't, I don't do I don't do those Thursday night games. That's that's uh, that's not what I do. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I probably would, if I was going to, I was going to, I would take the, the Eagles to just kill them. Um, obviously, we all know Kirk Guns in prime time, he's not good. Um, so and he usually loses. Uh, so that, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think really got a, got a shot in that game. Um, I think the, the, but, but I could maybe, I mean, maybe uh, the Eagles uh, look as uh, didn't look great. In week one, so maybe the Viking got a shot to bounce back from how sloppy they looked in uh, last week. But other than that, I don't. I just don't see him um, really competing in that one. All right, I get to my fourth bet of the week, and that is the Seahawks at plus five at Detroit. Um, and this was I was talking about earlier about overreactions um, of the you know the public of the Vegas Oddsmakers. I think this is one of them. Um, I think a lot, obviously, everybody watches an opening night, very high on the Lions. Um, and then everybody saw the Seahawks look really bad <laughs> against a, a Rams team that you 
didn't uh, didn't think was very good. Um, I think most people thought they weren't very good, and they go and kick the Seahawks' ass. So it was very surprising, uh, two surprising uh, outcomes um, in both those games. Um, and I think this spread of five and a half points is a little bit of an overreaction um, to those uh, um, to those different games and, and the results that happened. Um, and because uh, I don't think the Seahawks are are five and a half points worse than the Detroit Lions, uh, especially the way they looked last year. Um, I think they can revert to um, back to that. Um, I, I don't uh, see them looking as bad as they did in week one. Um, didn't really impress me about how, how well their offense looked. Uh, so uh, I'm going to take the five and a half. Um, that's a lot of points, and I think a, 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 in a matchup, where I think uh, they're more even than it, than it looks. Um, so, I, like I said, the Seahawks just played a bad divisional uh, game, and you know that type of can happen in that type of game. And so, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the Seahawks um, to cover. Um, but uh, will they win? Maybe not. But uh, I think it's gonna uh, it's enough points for them to cover that spread. Yes, I, de- I think you're correct about the overreaction. I, me personally, I feel the spread should be somewhere closer to the three, three and a half range. Um, that's what, that's be, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it being pushed out to five, five and a half. If I was the, you know, if I was to jump on this game, I would have to lean more towards the Seahawks side. Um, now, you know, I was, I was uh, higher on the lines than some uh, coming into the season. You know, was it a good win over the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. Was it the type of win that makes you want to go out and back them against, you know, anybody on the schedule? Not necessarily. So, yeah, yeah yes, I do believe that the Seahawks went out and underperformed. Sean McVay seemed to have the Seahawks number these past few years. But this will definitely be one of those games where it'll be telling about both of these teams. It, is the Lions legit? Are the Seahawks the not what we expected? So I think we will definitely get a lot of answers out of this week two game. I just don't, you know, I don't like that spread. Where is that? So I, de- I definitely went and back the Lions minus five. So that being said, if you're playing this game, you got to be jumping on Seattle, taking the points. Right. Now, now, moving on to my next bet, you know, I was going against the Packers in week one. Moving on to the next week, only minus one on the spread. They're taking on the Falcons, and a big reason why I'm looking at this game is because of how well the Packers were able to maintain um, not only the rushing attack, but uh, Justin Fields in general. Um, They essentially eliminated it from the game for the most part, and once they got a big lead in the game, it forced the Bears' hands as far as play calling. And even still, they weren't able to do do much. I, at least from the running back position, yes, there's probably a better rushing attack in Atlanta than Chicago. But I do feel that this Green Bay team is going to be able to come in and do what the Panthers couldn't do last week, and that's stop this rushing attack. And so, you know, minus one, might as well jump on the money line if you're looking at this game. But – I feel the Packers win this game outright, possibly even by, you know, maybe a touchdown or more because if Atlanta isn't – if that run game isn't going for Atlanta, I would not expect Desmond Ritter to be out there winning games for anybody, especially, you know, I think Drake London and Kyle Pitts are, you know, talented wide receiver and tight end combo. If you can't work with that to some degree, it's clear that your issues at quarterback. So if you put them in a situation where you need Desmond Ritter to beat you, I think that's how you're going to beat this Atlanta team. And I think Green Bay will be able to stifle that Russian attack enough for their offense to go out there and be able to rack up a few points and get that lead. So minus one of the money line, I'm riding with Green Bay in this game. Um, yeah, this one's this one's tough, man. Um, there's a lot of questions because I'm not sure how obviously these te- both teams got to win. I'm not sure how, how, how much that is, how great they are um, coming out of those wins. 
Um, just too many question marks for me, really me, uh, for me to be confident in putting some money down on either way. I mean, obviously the spread reflects that in the minus one. Uh, it's kind of a go either way kind of game. And I, I don't really know which way to go with them. Um, it was a similar I, spread I in their matchup with uh, Chicago last week. You know, if I'm not mistaken, it was minus yeah. one, minus two in that game. And we, and we yeah, saw they were clearly yeah, better team than weekend. Chicago. Yeah, yeah. But that that one I thought was clear. Um, um, but this Falcons, I'm not sure how, how, how good they are or bad they are. Um, obviously, I don't trust the quarterback, but – um, they can maybe they they haven't but they do have a good like you said they do have a good amount of weapons and they they could come out and and surprise surprise the Packers so that's why I'm just gonna stay off because of I I just really really I can't pick this game I really don't know uh, which way to go on that one but we'll say what's going on to Dave Vaughn what's going on man thanks for uh, tuning in man um all right I'll get to my final bet of the week. And that will be the uh, Los Angeles Chargers at the Tennessee Titans plus three. I'm taking the Titans with the points. Um, obviously, I always say uh, most on uh, most weeks uh, that I do love um, a home underdog, um, and that will be the Titans this week. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the Titans didn't look good. They still covered though. That's the thing. They still cover. They lo- they lost. Oh, no. I, they I, I'm pretty sure spread. most teams can cover against the Saints. That's all I'm saying. That that's true. That's true. But for some reason, um, when even even if it doesn't look good, even though how much Tannehill struggles, the Titans cover a lot of spreads when he's healthy. Um, they they uh, like I said before, he got hurt. They won a lot of games. They were covering spreads. Uh, and that's why I like the Titans. Uh, I picked. It, I was picking the Titans a lot. Um, you know, it may not look great, but I, I think they can cover uh, the, three, the three points there. Obviously, the Chargers' defense looked very vulnerable uh, against the Dolphins, uh, especially in the passing game. So even though this for the Titans. He was cutting out against there that Chargers secondary. Um, that's why. Uh, but oh, okay, I'm back. Yep, I'm back. Okay, yeah, I think this is a perfect game um, for a vulnerable secondary of the Chargers that uh, Tannehill can bounce back and look a, a little better. Um, he he did in week one. Um, you know, I don't have a lot to back up on this pick. I'm just kind of going with the gut. On this one, um, and I'm um, like I said, home underdog. I usually take those, and um, that's what I'm going to roll with uh, on this one. I'm riding in the same game, but on the other side. Now, you know, I didn't think the Chargers okay. would have it in them to win Week One. It's not because I felt that they would be a bad team out there. Clearly, that offense was humming strong. You know. They they were they were they were going stride for stride with Miami, and I don't think there's too many out, offenses out there that could even hint at the possibility of doing that. And the Chargers pretty much did that. Coming into this game, it's going to be a question of can the Titans get that running game going with Derrick Henry? Because if you know history's told us that's what they're going to lean on, is there a possibility for uh, Tannehill to potentially take advantage of the um, secondary for the Chargers? Yes. I mean, we clearly saw that in week one. You got Hopkins out there. You got Trayvon Burks. It, I mean, again, it's back to that issue. You got the talent at wide receivers. So if you got the mismatch and can't take advantage of it, seems like that issue might be at quarterback. So, you know, even if, if they aren't able to capitalize on those potential mismatches that might present themselves we could easily find the Titans leaning on that run game as they've done in the past. And with the offense, like we're going to potentially see out of the Chargers on the other side, it's going to take a stout effort out of the Titans defense, in my opinion, to keep this game remotely close, especially to to keep a three-point spread in, in the ballpark for me. So I'm going to be riding with the um, Chargers minus three in this game. 
Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I was, I, you know, I always like to take one chance um, a week. You know, I was taking a chance on the the, the Patriots there. When, um, a lot Took of, a chance on Pittsburgh last was, week. That was a huge. Well, I felt a little more confident. That that was just a total whiff on my part. Um, I thought the big the bigger chance was on on the Patriots because um, I, I thought all the money was going on the Eagles on that one. I feel like this is the same type of type of game. I think. A lot of money because of how the Chargers looked, at least they're off- offensively, they look great, and how bad the Titans looked offensively. Um, I think this that, that's why I think it's a, a perfect game for the Titans. Um, you know, just for some weird to happen like did in the Patriots game, I think it could be that that type of game as well here. Um, you know, you know, because Patriots were home and they got the points and. Titans are home to get the points, so I think it's a similar situation in this game that uh, something weird can happen and uh, they can keep it close in uh, cover there. But uh, I think that's all your bets. Yep. All right, that's all my bets uh, for the week. Um, like, thank you all for uh, tuning in for for this week two episode. Um, hopefully, we helped you guys out a lot. Uh, last week. Um, hopefully we help you guys with money this week as, as well. Um, but for now, you can tell the people where they can find you, D-Weez. Yes, folks can reach me at, on YouTube at Backyard Action Media, where I'll be doing Against All Odds um, weekly. Might be uh, back on Sundays depending on how my schedule shakes out. Um, but yes, you can expect uh an episode a week, so make sure to hit that notification bell so you can know when I am going live for that. And then you can also reach me on Twitter at the Yard Bets. So, you got any questions? Potential, you know, want to ask about some angles, some plays? Definitely reach out, folks. Yeah, and uh, all the questions uh, for either one of us, just put it in the down in the comments. Um, we'd love to answer your questions. Um, uh, respond to them, answer on the next show. Um, either way, we'll get back to you. Um, but you can find me at NFLK22 on Instagram and X slash Twitter. Um, and then you can find me also on uh, Good Friends, Better Rivals on this channel, uh, doing that show with Ferris. Um, uh, we talk Cowboys, Giants. Um, if you saw last week, it was a great episode to have watched. Um, last Sunday night, um, uh, <laughs> at least for Cowboys fans, it was. Uh, but we have a lot of fun on there. We talk a lot of we talk a lot of shit on that uh, on that show. So if you like like a lot of banter going back and forth, um, that's what we do. Um, and while we talk about our teams as well, uh, and the, and then their games um, that uh, that happen. Um, but yeah, that's it. that's all for now. And we'll, like I said. Like I always say, every single week, let's get ready to make that money. <laughs>